You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California. So glad you're listening. Tonight, we have Martin Neal Campbell of the Sovereign Self Radio Show. And I've got to tell you, this guy is absolutely spiritually brilliant. If you have not heard of the Sovereign Self Radio Show, you are really missing out on some powerful, inspirational shows. You can tune into the Sovereign Self Radio Show every day on Law of Attraction Radio Network. By the way, if you have not picked up our free mobile apps on iTunes and Google Play, well, you are missing out on such an easy way of listening to our 24-7 broadcast, as well as being able to tune in to each show host archives right from the mobile app. You know, it's true, you can take us anywhere, and at a moment's notice, you can tune in and get your daily inspiration from Law of Attraction Radio Network. So go to iTunes or Google Play and pick up our free mobile apps. And while you're there, pick it up for the Law of Attraction magazine, too, so that you will know every time we have a brand new issue. So I want to talk about this cruise because I have a couple of people who are looking for cabin mates. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. If you're willing to have a cabin mate, I'm going to give you $100 off of the cruise rate. Just send me an email at staff at LOARadioNetwork.com and we will give you instructions on how you can get $100 off the cruise rate. For those of you in California that don't have to fly in, oh my goodness, what are you waiting for? Come and play with us and learn from these true law of attraction experts. I'm going to be doing a group hypnosis session focusing on your personal desires. I will even be available for hypnosis sessions on board. And you know, there's something really, really special about being on the water connected to source that makes the hypnosis session so much more powerful. Also, we are working on the next terrific issue of Law of Attraction magazine. It's featuring Marie Diamond, who wrote an exclusive article about feng shui tips for 2016. And boy, I got to tell you, it's excellent. And I'm so ready to feng shui my house. And do you remember Dr. David Che, uh, the author of Total Law of Attraction? He's been on my show many times. And guess what? We have an article on David because a major publisher in China just picked up the foreign rights to his book. In other words, David Che just manifested the impossible and he is taking 
the law of attraction to China. I am so proud of him. And it's such a great article. We've got more terrific articles on top of everything. And if you're interested in our low-cost advertising for the magazine, just send an email to staff at LOARadioNetwork.com and you will be contacted by one of our wonderful sales team member that will give you the best deal possible. I think you're going to find the rates are exceptionally reasonable, especially to gain the media credibility that you are seeking. Now I have all of the announcements out of the way, so I am so anxious to talk with Martin Neal Campbell. So let's take a fast, fast commercial break, and then we'll be right back talking with this incredible, brilliant man named Martin Neal Campbell. We'll be right back. The incredible, magnificent Law of Attraction Cruise of a Lifetime is taking place on March 6th through 10th, 2016. Featuring New York Times best-selling Law of Attraction author Pam Grout and featuring Michael Perlman, MD of Law of Attraction Journaling and best-selling and award-winning wealth author Richard Harper along with our own beautiful and dynamic speaker, Constance Arnold, will be on board as well. Don't forget Gary Temple Bodley, who channels Joshua, will be on board, and you will be able to have direct interactions with Joshua. And then there's the Champagne Living Dream Coach, Cassie Parks, as well as me, Jules Johnson. This is a powerful cruise, and it's happening during the week of the total solar eclipse in Pisces, which is ruler of the water, which means that which you shine a light on will shift almost effortlessly. So what are you waiting for? This is your chance to finally change your life in profound ways. Go to LOARadioNetwork.com and sign up today. There's still cabins available, but the rates will increase weekly. Need a cabin mate? No worries. We have like-minded individuals for you to room with. Take this time and invest in yourself. You will be so happy you did. Go to LOARadioNetwork.com. See you on board. I know you've been hearing about this incredible cruise of a lifetime featuring outstanding Law of Attraction celebrities. But did you know that you can actually get six months interest-free financing through PayPal? That's right. Need financing for airfare? No problem. Just tell them how much you need. And you can pay everything today to secure the lowest cruise rates and the lowest plane fares. You don't even need a PayPal account to secure financing. And as many of the cruisers who've already signed up have told me, you can get approved within minutes. Just go to LOARadioNetwork.com, find out all the cruise information, get the interest-free financing, and then come aboard. And yes, you can take this as a sign that the universe is saying, hey, we can do this. Let's go. Hurry, we're waiting for you. See you on board. Okay, we are back and you are listening to Law of Attraction Talk Radio with Jules. 
Now, Martin Neil Campbell is an author and business executive. Martin is dedicated to helping people improve their lives by assisting them to find out who they are and who they want to be. As a dedicated supporter of the individual spirituality, he believes humanity's last major hurdle is in achieving individual empowerment and freedom. His book, Receiving the Gift We Give, is absolutely outstanding and so inspirational. If you want to find out more about Martin and his show, Sovereign Self, just go to LOARadioNetwork.com and click on the Sovereign Self show picture and it will take you directly to their show page where you can listen to all the past shows. I got to tell you, this show is so dynamite. I just love, love, love it. Well, welcome, Martin, to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I am so delighted to have you on my show. Well, Jules, it's an honor to be here. I am thrilled and truly honored to be on your show. It's, it's, uh, it is a wonderful show, so that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> well, so is yours. And, and so that's why I'm so delighted to talk to Martin. He He's just so brilliant. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I have to laugh when people say that. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, I want to talk about the individual's journey in life. And yeah, it's a heavy subject, but really it's a subject that started off early in life where we were taught to conform or we had to conform to whatever the school or the teacher or the administration wanted to teach us thereby actually preventing our creative genius from getting outside of that square box that we were put in. In other words, that's really where the secret began with us because we were never taught the power of our creative genius. And that's another reason why I love your show because you are bringing uh, the spiritual connection to everyone um, about their magnificence and their power uh, of freedom. I mean, it really is all resides in within us. So, Martin, now that I've gone through all that, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's start at the beginning. What is your story, Martin, and and why did you dare go against conformity to express your own individuality? It's. It's funny you mention that because when you talked about children and going into school, mine uh, sort of travels to a sovereign self or attempting to be a sovereign self. I, I don't believe I'm there yet. Started in Sunday school and then built out in kindergarten and then into school. Really? All I kept seeing was contradictions and people trying to control mm. we the children. So I'd sit there and I'd go, no, you're not listening to the question. I'm asking this, but you're not answering it. And you're telling me, I have to believe what you're telling me, but you're not giving an explanation. And I got heck <laughs> as a child for that. In kindergarten, I got more times, the penalty was going behind the piano. And I got put behind the piano more times than I care to think of. Oh, goodness. Because they kept trying to say, no, you have to behave this way, or you have to believe what we're telling you. 
And from what I knew, I was only a child, but from what I knew, it didn't feel right. And it also seemed to contradict other things they were saying. So I always sort of fought against that. Now, eventually, I learned you can't fight it, not publicly, mm. and certainly as a child, because the adults will always win. So when I started that, I used to get bad report cards, and he's not behaving, and he's not disciplined, and all that type of thing. And what I soon realized was, okay, I can within myself recognize what I see as the truth, and research it, and think about it, and talk to other kids about it. But in the class, I'll just couch out what the teacher says. <laughs> yeah, you have no choice. <laughs> no, exactly. But the same thing happens when you get into the workplace. And it's very interesting that as a child, I knew a lot of other children. And I have a very, interestingly enough, good memory of my childhood. And a lot of children felt that way probably up till about the age seven or eight. Mm -hmm. And then they gradually gave in. And they began, as I call it, touting what they were told. And I never gave in. And there was a couple of other people I knew who didn't either. And that always gave me strength to keep thinking, to keep observing what people were doing, why they were doing it. And the key in it all to me was never let go of my inner self, my conscience. My conscience would always tell me when other kids were doing things that that's not the right thing to do. It will hurt someone. It will cause this. It's not loving. And I always went back to that as a child and said, no, I won't participate because it's not loving. Mm. Now, it's interesting that as you go through the you know, puberty and that whole change of life, it, that's the point where I finally gave in. And I finally gave in to the parties and what everyone else was doing and what other people wanted me to do, or I would have no friends whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And I gave in to that for quite a few years, actually. And it wasn't until I actually began taking some spiritual courses and things out of curiosity that I brought myself back and remembered who I was as a child. So I think a lot of people go along that path where they were that as a child, because I believe every child is probably more sovereign selves and spiritual than most mm -hmm. adults. Right. And I believe that it was that teachings, those teachings that I went to that reminded me of who I really am. Wow. Now that's a great place to start. <laughs> <laughs> because it builds on so many more questions. What, what do we do for people who are stuck? Because I have seen the effects from people not being able to create. And they're, they get stuck and they form depressions. They get on pills and... And everything is because we have to feel like this is the only way to be accepted in our society. Yes, that's very true. So, so what, what are the, some of the things that we can do to break free of it? Because really, <clears throat> the feeling of freedom is an inside job, isn't it? 100%. <laughs> I think that the, the freedom that, that people wish to get away from all of the outside forces that 
that put them into depression and things they see they don't like that are hurtful to other people and they cause them to be angry or upset or and there's nothing they feel they can do about it that's the other main thing right that comes into play mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes about because, obviously, as I just said, people are feeling powerless. But I think a lot of powerlessness comes from not being aware. And I always try and put it the other way around. If you feel yourself getting into depression, hating people, blaming others, which is really just being a victim. Right. They're all key indicators that you are truly not being your sovereign self and you have no freedom. It's to be aware that they are the cause and the symptom of you not being your sovereign self. So how you move back into being your sovereign self is I find sometimes the easiest things are coming from your center of love, which is having empathy for other people, Mm -hmm. having understanding, uh, trying to think about what unity means between all people. And then you'll move back into freedom. And it's the simple things you can do that move you to that. So when you see someone on the street, give them a dollar. When you see a friend and you see they have new shoes, you go, oh, wonderful shoes, they look great on you. Little things like that will not only give love energy from you to them, but it'll come back to you too as you see their reaction and how much they do react to the simple compliment, the simple helping, the simple kindness. All of that will build your love energy up and you'll over be able to overcome these things. Now it is baby steps initially. Mm. You do have to start somewhere. And sometimes I say, just smile. And I say, always note that when you smile, it's very hard to feel negative. Yeah. And so a smile can do it, but a joke can do it. Laughing with people on jokes, you know, and, and if you tell a joke every day, you will note that five people will be laughing with you and your days become much brighter. So there are hundreds of little things you can do in your life that will move you away from all of these feeling like a victim, depression, no joy. And it usually comes from your heart by giving something to someone else. And it can be physical as well, a gift, um, but it's as easy as a compliment. Mm. Because when you give a compliment to someone, you know when you say, wow, that was well done, or that looks fabulous, or you did a great job. They will smile. They will look at you and go, wow, thanks. And that can't help but make you feel better. Right. And, And as soon as you do those things more and more, you will find that coming from your center of love will dissipate. That light out of your center of love will dissipate the depression and the hates that come up and everything else. Wow. You know, um, one of the things about the law of attraction, one of the very first things that a a person has to do is start taking responsibility for not only their actions, but for their thoughts. Yes. And and that is exactly why I originally said here that when you're depressed, you're hate, or you're blaming others, you have to be aware that that's not being your sovereign self. So as soon as you're aware of it, then you can take responsibility for it. One of the problems is that a lot of people aren't even aware. Right. So how do they take responsibility for something they're not even really aware of? Right. And so the awareness is first and foremost important. And then you begin looking at that and going, okay, what can I do about it? And the other big thing here is you're not alone. There are friends who will probably help you, relatives that will help you. There are counselors. There are courses 
that will help you. There are programs on law of attraction that will definitely help you. And all of these things can be used to get you past that point of, of just being aware to help solve the problem. But our society, even as we're children, it builds us into being the victim. It's it's like that is the pattern within this the culture. Yes. And it, and, it's, and it's really bizarre that that would even come to be in the first place because it gets it actually goes against our human nature. Doesn't it? It it does. And the the idea of being a victim is really forsaking responsibility mm. and saying it's so much easier. And, and I understand it. It is so much easier to blame someone else for your problems. And that's what we tend to do when we don't know what else to do. We don't want to lose face. We don't want to lose our sort of image of power. Mm -hmm. So we blame someone else. It's not my fault. It's their fault. But what people have to understand is in what I say in being your sovereign self, there is no, <clears throat> excuse me, shame in admitting that you just fell forward and you will move on and correct it in the future. But everyone seems to have this impression that they have to appear perfect. Mm. And it, it builds out into other problems as well. They have to be always right. Mm -hmm. Their way has to be the way and everyone else is wrong. <laughs> and then it goes to, yeah, it's not my fault. It's their fault. They did it. But in, in, in fact... The only reason you're unhappy or upset is because you allowed yourself to become unhappy or upset. Right. No one else can do it to you. Because if that was true, then you wouldn't have people who would say, yes, I recognize they did that and they have their issues. I'll try and help them, but I'll move on. And there are so many people who do that, that they don't become a victim, mm -hmm. that it is, it is very possible. So all I would say to people is try and recognize that being a victim can be a very, very bad trap to fall into. Right. And, you know, even in my 62 years on this planet, I find myself within seconds going back into the victim mode. I do it. I've got to, I've got to admit it. But the only saving grace is that I no longer stay in it, but a few minutes before I start recognizing, whoops, I'm in the wrong direction. Yes, and, and I think that is 100% is normal. Because I look on it as though your heart always, recognizing, always recognizes what a loving and unloving action is. Mm. So when you see an unloving action towards you or from someone to someone else, you immediately react and say, oh, I don't like that. That's unloving. And you go into your mind begins bringing in anger or other things. And that's where you've got it down pat because you recognize that. And two minutes later, you go, no, I'm not going there. But that's the emotion coming up because your heart recognizes and will always recognize unloving behaviors by other people. Mm, interesting. Um, I, I noticed the other day on Facebook, I'm often on Facebook and there was a really terrific saying on there um, and I can't remember all of it but it just showed where our ego lies in that we can hear other people talking about their God 
and we automatically assume that it's not our God <laughs> and yes. that our God is absolutely right and there's oh no they're wrong what well, what is that about but, but it is our ego isn't it it is it's it's a combination of ego and low self-esteem ah. the ego always wants to be right mm. the ego is always pushing to be in a place of power and in order to get there it will push aside anything that um is driven by something you don't believe and one of the interesting things about belief for me is that a lot of our beliefs are handed to us we're told what to believe ah oh, yeah but in reality if you were your true sovereign self you'd examine each one of those in detail and go is that truly my belief or i'm just parroting what someone told me and we're so ingrained from childhood to believe what authority tells us whether it be religious government or whomever that we we just accept it and i'm going that's mistake number one we should never accept anything anyone tells us unless we filter it through our heart first and then say is it who we want to be because in a world of and i would say god gave us all free will mm -hmm. and the other problem i see with a lot of these arguments is that if god gave us free will god gave us the ability to follow the path we wish to make for ourselves and if that wasn't true we would not have free will so everyone has free will to follow whatever path they wish to follow for themselves to get to god and for us to believe that we have the only path to god i think is is well i'll put it that way sheer arrogance yeah arrogance. <laughs> yes and when we get angry at someone else talking about what their God said, it's, it's almost sort of very contradictory because if God is speaking to all people on earth and has forever, then the message to some people will be different than the message to other people. Mm -hmm. And what we have to really do, I believe, is bring all the messages together filter out the points that we've put in that are unloving because i think any message from god would automatically be loving and say okay what's left and how do we bring it all together because there is no in my mind one book that can tell you everything that's right and and that's the problem we we get brainwashed as children into saying this is true and we believe it's our beliefs but i keep asking is it really or have you just following what someone else told you and then let's step back and examine that. So let's go a step further. There, because of the media, there is a tremendous amount of fear yes. for the Muslim community. Mm -hmm. Tell us what we should be looking at, because I, I feel a lot of that fear is unnecessary and there's a different com uh, component that I just think we need to examine it more and to talk it out more to see what our true feelings we've got to erase the fear but we've got to totally understand so the radical movement how are we supposed to look upon that I, it's interesting and, and it's an interesting topic because it's so, so big today. Yeah. 
But radical movements and how people behave have been about for a very long time in all sorts and shapes and sizes and forms. And they aren't the first ones we've reacted that way to. I mean, if I look at World War II, everyone had a fear of Japanese. And in Canada and the U.S., we interned them all into camps. Right. It doesn't matter that they were here for three generations. <laughs> we still did that. And there's a movement to do the same at the moment with Muslims. And one of the interesting things about that type of fear is it is being promoted by the media. And I believe it's promoted by the media because it gets ratings. So it, the media generally doesn't put any good face on things because it won't get sensationalized and it won't get ratings. The other piece that comes in is while there is a radical faction, they are quite small in this world, even quite small in the Muslim world. And I believe we're looking at it the wrong way. It's not the fear of the refugees and other people coming in that we should really fear. It is how are the ISIS groups getting their money? How are they getting their weapons? How are they getting that type of thing? How are they being supplied? And how are they being furthered? And to me, in the world of computers and technology and our banking systems and everything else, it shouldn't be that difficult to trace down where it's all coming from and very heavily stop it. <laughs> Boy, you are so right on target. I can tell you where it's coming from a lot from the U.S. <laughs> I mean, we are really funding them, but that's that brings up a, a, a whole big controversy. But um, I want to stay on this because I think it's really important that we all personally come to grips with our feelings about mm -hmm. this i mean we it's not something that we just put aside and say okay i'm fearful of it we have to address it we have to be open about it and we have to get down to the real nitty-gritty yes if we if we in fact want to live in a peaceful sovereign self yes and and that's the basic question you know what do we want do we want peace and harmony do we want pain and suffering and once you answer that question, and I'm hoping most people will say they want peace and harmony, I can't guarantee that everyone would say that, then you have to begin looking at how do you get there. And FEAR, which has a wonderful acronym, False Expectations Appearing Real, mm. is exactly that. Most fears are false. And if you examine fears, you will usually find a way to recognize why they are false and even if there's an element of truth of something that could happen with your fears, look at how you can overcome them either together or with other people. And it's interesting that a lot of people will say, well, I don't know what to do. I, I did just, I'm at wit's end. I don't have a clue how to solve this problem. And I'm going, welcome to the gang. Neither do I. <laughs> but together, if we put 2,000 minds together, good minds together, we could probably solve the problem. And part of it is that, as you said, not to get into conspiracy, but I truly believe that if people were more aware and their sovereign self, governments wouldn't be as uh, wouldn't be getting away as, with as much as they do because we would demand more transparency. Mm. And we can't let them hide behind top secret or national security or other things 100% um, of the time, which is the seems to be all they do. 
but we have we need more transparency. But the good thing is I'm noting on the web and, and the internet and Facebook pages and whatnot that people are now becoming more aware of what could possibly be going on. And as every month goes by, they're becoming more aware of how many things are being done in our name as the voter um, that we would not agree with. And people are stepping up to say, this has to stop. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, it's a good movement because it is, and again, goes back to becoming aware. Becoming aware and not putting our head in the sand, but actually knowing. You know, I was just reading this morning where Monsanto is, has been kicked out of all these countries. And, yes. and now they're getting sued by cities in the U.S., and it's like they have literally um, laid off thousands and thousands of employees. That's what being aware has actually done. I mean, there wasn't much action. There was just being aware. And the, the same holds true with Kim uh, Trails. Um, mm -hmm. In the Senate is now in the U.S. Congress. They're now admitting, yeah, this is poisoning the people. So that's the first time that's ever happened in the U.S. Congress. Yes, it's it's, and that's what I'm very buoyed about these days. Is I believe there's an undercurrent of true heartfelt love that's coming forward in most people that. Uh, it, that is helping everyone move forward by becoming more aware. And there's a lovely line that, that I find describes our moment in time today, is that as the light gets brighter, the dark gets mm. darker. And we're seeing that, where there's more camps that are breaking off into light and awareness coming forward, and there's other ones that are just entrenching into do anything you can to stop them. And that comes from... Yes, the chemtrails, the Montesantos, the, the whole who's backing ISIS type mm -hmm. thing. And when you look at Montesanto, the one thing you have to remember is, of course, it is a U.S. corporation. <laughs> and where they've lost most ground is in Europe. There's been, and Asia, there's 16 countries or something that have banned GMO yes. foods. But they are a powerful force in the U.S. and Canada. So there has been no banning. Um, here yet because they are one of those corporations that dare I say it supply millions and millions to politicians and areas that will hurt if they don't supply it anymore so they don't want to go there so they're being bought in essence and support right. the corporations but the chemtrails are another piece I mean it's been out for a while in other areas of the world that chemtrails have been used to either um, test climate change theories and methodologies or do other things to the environment to see what happens by dumping um, chemicals into fuel, jet fuel to see what it does. And there's a scientist, I believe it was in California, that studied it for 10 years and was one of the first to come forward with irrefutable evidence of how much damage it was causing. And she did that at great pains to herself. And I, I forget her name, unfortunately, but I give her credit for doing so. And it's, it's what we need more of is people who are willing to stand up and say their truth. Right. right. I agree. But, but it's very, it, it's, it, people forget how simple it is to just put out a 
22nd email to a company, their congressman, someone in their Senate, whomever, and say, I disagree with this. I think this needs to be looked into. And if you don't look into it, I won't support you. If you even got 2 million people out of 350 million people in the US doing that on each topic that struck them and their hearts, believe me, there'd be huge changes. Well, we, but we, sit we, back and do we did that in the US when a couple of years ago, they were talking about going in and in Syria. We actually stopped that from occurring, mm-hmm. but yes, now they came up with other things and they're right in there bombing Syria and just creating more havoc. I, I feel so heartbroken for those people that are living in those conditions, all those children and everything. Yes. And, you know, it's very, very sad that we have to remember that we might be going after people who we think um, or we know wish to do us harm, sorry, think. Uh, but when you go in and bomb, you're also killing thousands and thousands of civilians. Yeah. And when you kill thousands of civilians who are indeed innocent bystanders, then you are actually not endearing yourself very much to that segment of the population. And this is what happened in Iraq. A hundred to 200,000 civilians were killed. And do we really expect after killing 200,000 citizens that their friends and families, which now number out to the millions, if you kill 200,000 of them, uh, would be very fond and sympathetic to anything we do. We, We are the cause of our own folly. Well, we are, uh, or the powers that be, because I'm not going to take responsibility for that. <laughs> I, I, I truly am out there trying to awake people mm-hmm. to what's going on. And I think you're doing the same thing. So I, I'm not going to, to, say that I'm a part of that. I have opted yep. out of that altogether. Yes. So, and wrong phraseology. <laughs> uh, and, and I agree with you. There are many people who are trying to change things and, and make people aware. But the problem is that if, if you ask Joe Public what they've done or what they're even aware of in that regard, they will say, well, I don't know. Yeah. They're just doing what they have to do. And as a result of that, None of them, in my mind, can be considered victims if, and there is a terrorist attack, because they have helped by their lack of involvement to promote the situation to where it gets that bad. So yes, you and I and and, and everyone on Law of Attraction and and other similar networks are not, um, as I said, culpable um, for that type of thing. But unfortunately, the other 97% of the population probably is. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I would say there's no such thing as a victim because what we did or didn't do cost it. Yes. So what can we do? I mean, we're, we're doing it. You and I and everybody on the network, they're really making people aware Yes. So that's a good thing. But what 
I think is the problem is that people aren't doing the proper amount of research. Now, the Internet is wonderful, but it still has a lot of misinformation. And the mainstream media, we know, is a bit corrupted because they're getting paid. But our responsibility lies within us to do the research. When we see something weird pop up, and to double check it, to yes. triple check it, you know? <laughs> yes. And and that's one of the things that people get stumped on is they sit there, well, what, what can I do? And that's the first question, and that is a stumper for a lot of people. They go, well, what can I do? And the simple answer to that is that it's not you who is going to solve the whole problem, right. but you will be a part of the solution. So if you have a topic or something you feel isn't right, something that's going on that it doesn't feel right to you or you don't like or you think it's unloving and we should stop, then begin researching the issue. Begin telling your friends about it because you will be surprised at when you stand up and talk how many of your friends will respect you and listen to that and then begin looking at it themselves. And as soon as you begin doing something that simple and you get some of the facts, that's where you can send that simple email to your congressman or if it's something a company is doing to the company. And you can get involved in that way and it will spread from you. And one person may not be able to do much. But can you imagine that if you got 100,000 similar-minded people working on it and any one of us could be one of those 100,000 that makes it so. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like the straw that broke the camel's back. It needs to get to a threshold but sitting back and doing nothing will never get it there. So if you're looking at a problem you don't like and you don't do anything about it, then you are part of the problem right. because you have to do something to stop it or become aware of it to move towards having people stop it. And as I said, if the only thing you do in your life is send out a few emails you know, with, with other people saying, we don't like this and it has to stop, then you will not be alone. There will be thousands of others doing the same thing. And every little piece you do moves it to an improved situation. That's So, so never be intimidated. Right. Never <laughs> be intimidated. Uh, and I'm saying that because I had a lot of people angry <laughs> with me on Facebook. <laughs> oh, they can get mean. But you know what? We, you got to just keep on with your own truth. And if they don't accept it, so be it. There's nothing you can do. Yes. And don't take it to heart. No, no. And in that is, as I said, you know, 97% of the people won't even have thought about it and they'll just tout the party line, so to speak, of what they've been told through media or otherwise. Um, but that is no reason to not be your sovereign self and, and go with what your heart is telling you. And that's part of what being your sovereign self is. It's, it's going to your free will, going into your heart going into self-love and understanding and awareness and recognizing for yourself what's true doesn't mean it won't change over time but you have to come from your heart-centered self and intuition to most likely get there and get to the truth i thought it was really fascinating that over in uh, china um, taiwan they have hundreds of thousands of people meditating together on world peace yes. and if there is a hundredth monkey effect 
it's going to happen. It it has to happen with all of these people together. So if people don't want to be verbal about it or even go and say something to the government through emails, the the very act of meditating in that peace mm-hmm. with the love for the planet will help. It, it can't hurt. Yes. <laughs> Well, no, it, it will definitely help. Uh, you know, we are all energy. And I mean, as quantum physics shows us, there is nothing but energy except for a very small bit of matter. And if we're all energy and thought is energy and we radiate an energy field, then what we radiate in that field will affect the whole world to a point, but more more effectively the people around us. And if you come from a place of peace and want peace, then that will that will notably affect everyone around you. And that's been proven in many experiments. So I, I have no doubt it is true uh, because I've seen I've seen it proven too many times to know to say otherwise. So it's very, very interesting that yes, you're quite right. You don't have to become an activist if that bothers you, but you can work with people to put out the energy of peace and come from your center of love. And that will automatically start affecting everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I firmly believe that it is the individual and our collective selves, as we go more and more in that direction, that will change everything to do with the world and our reality. That is the key, I think, in the the end. I, I agree with you. So you feel good about the future. Oh, I feel very good about the future. Now, I have a feeling that 2016 is going to be rather tumultuous. But as I said, as the light gets lighter, the dark gets darker. Don't be frightened by how dark it can get because know that the light is right there to break through. And once that snaps, we'll be moved like you won't believe. That's that's my feelings. So we, uh, during 2016, we should try to say stay centered so or just trust that god has our backs and that we're going to get through 2016 yes oh yes Uh, one of the things that i've been sort of taught in the last few years is that no matter how bleak things appear in my life or what's happening that as long as i have love and faith and keep moving to that and and being positive and saying things will be all right i know they will be and i trust that they will be and i just keep coming from a center of love rather than getting angry or upset and lashing out at people it's amazing that it can get so dark that i can sit there and go why hasn't this worked and then 15 minutes later snap it's all changed and i'm going whoa thank you (laughs) (laughs) it can get that close where even i begin going oh i don't know and and yet it changes right after that oh yeah and and i see that happening all the time now it it is when you move into that spot that's that's what will happen and i believe that further down the line as we move through those things that we won't even need to face it that much anymore we will we will just move into what will work for us so it's a bit of surrendering yes through 2016 is surrendering to what is appearing 
and just know that you're going to be just fine. Yes. And the other piece I'd add in there is make sure that what you're picturing as your vision as to what's fine is clear. So don't, don't, don't just push away the negative and leave a wishy-washy area. Focus on peace, harmony, love, prosperity, all those things in your vision about where you are heading, what you are heading towards. And keep the love and faith in you. And then no matter what comes up, you can look at it and say, yes, you're just a temporary thing. You're not what I'm creating. I will move to this. And, and it will happen. But I, I say the other end of the equation is be clear on, on the what. So in this year of 2016, should we be focusing on obtaining more goodies or materialism or prosperity? What should we really be focusing on in 2016? That's a, that's a very interesting question. I believe that everyone has free will and they have to determine their own path. So I would say that if someone wishes to focus on abundance and goodies and prosperity, they may do so. However, if your heart leads you more towards wanting peace and harmony and all of these conflicts to go away eventually, then focus on that. And the interesting thing, I'll add another layer, is there's nothing wrong with focusing on both. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. There's nothing wrong with it. Just keep on thinking. <laughs> yes, no, I, yes. I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. It's just that sometimes you're made to think that it's not okay. Um, and that we should be thinking one particular way. And again, it's not. It's all within your heart. And that's what we yes. have to find the magnificence in us and letting us find what we want. Yes, and I would say also go beyond what you believe you want and expand it out because we are one with the universe. We are one with everyone else. And if you are one with everything, that means everything is available to you. And so I would say don't limit yourself unless you, unless you find it hard to move your mind there, um, be as broad and as encompassing on everything you desire as you can be. Mm -hmm. Because it is all ours. We are all it. Mm -hmm. We are. So how is the new prime minister doing up in Canada? <laughs> I think he's doing just fabulously. I was totally shocked that he won a majority government. And when I saw that, I was said, you know, things are changing because he was a person that during the whole election and, you know, during most elections, people do negative combat against other people. Like they criticize them and say, oh, they're this and oh, they're that. Yes. They're going to cause, they go through fear. Mm -hmm. They try and multiply the fears you have against a person. He never went there. He did nothing that went to fear about his opponents. And he just came from his heart and said, no, I believe we can do better. I believe we can do this. And I believe we can solve these problems. And this is how. And he was straightforward and from his heart with compassion. And he won the people over. Wow. And that tells me how much people are changing. Because I don't believe Canadians are any different than anyone else on earth. In the sense that we're all being affected by this change. 
And he was just uh, a bellwether sort of token at the moment that showed us how much we were indeed changing as as humanity. Oh, wow. That is great insight. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so we've got um, uh, more work to do within us yes. in order for everything to change. It's all from us. It is all internal. And I think you said that initially. It is it is an internal mechanism that we have to change ourselves or nothing will change. Hmm. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking there is something that I'm hoping that I can get the message out to all of my listeners. And that says when you go to the polls and you vote and you're not happy, don't vote for the incumbent. <laughs> <laughs> vote them <Exactly>. out <laughs> and and don't vote from fear and don't vote from fear but you need to take your power back and just say no i'm not voting for this guy because he is part of the so-called establishment that we can't move forward there's a gridlock and just i worked for the government for about six months and discovered that I've never met so many millionaire co-workers in my life than at a, a county level. I was just surprised. And then to find out that when you see what ha is happening in the uh, state and federal, these people are extremely wealthy. They go in broke and they come out very wealthy. That's something that we can take action on and pay attention to how we're voting. And um, we can speed things up, I think, if we can just get some of these um, people to know that we're going to hold them accountable. Yes, very much so. And I, I believe, I don't, I'm, unfortunately, I can't remember his name, but there was a retired congressman on a program one night. He said, you may not believe this, but every congressman, typically during their life as a congressman, uh, walk away with an average of forty-three million extra dollars. No, I know yeah, that. He said that, <laughs> and I went, "Whoa, really?" Whoa. Uh, yeah, it it is sad the way our politicians and, and politics has been bought and sold. Yeah, and it's from the pharmaceuticals that are really not there to make us well, but to make us. On the sick side, again, yes. we can take personal responsibility and just say, I'm not going to take those pharmaceuticals anymore. I'm not doing right. it. I'm I'm eating real food, non-GMO food. I'm taking responsibility. So in that sense, uh, we are going to be holding everyone accountable that enough is enough. The power yes. still resides within us to make that check mark. Um, and I've also am stating um, that I'm hoping that people will not vote by absentee ballot. They will not vote early by going to the, um, to the malls or whatever, that they actually go and stand in line and yes. vote. And it's, and that's one thing our election taught us. We had a very big turnout, bigger than in most years. And that's what turned the tide is is people actually voted who they wished to vote for. And it's so often that uh, 
so few people turn out that you go, oh, well, you know, what do you expect? Well, if you got out and voted, maybe you could have changed that. <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, it's if there is voter fraud, <laughs> you're going yeah. to overcome it by the amount of people who go in there and vote. You, you, you know, the bo boxes can't fool the amount of people who are at the polls. No, that's true. Yeah, no, it's very important. And I know a lot of people throw out that, well, it doesn't matter who you vote for, you're going to get the same thing. But as you said, if there's an incumbent who is the problem, vote for someone new who looks like they won't change. You can you can do things through your voting to make things change. Do you have term limits in Canada? Uh, no, no, really? there's not a four year. No, um, no, there is none. But I don't think anyone's been in longer than nine years. Really? Yeah, they uh, there might have been someone in it ten years, but it typically they get voted out because what happens is I don't know if it's true everywhere, but they get very stale after a while and don't come up with new ideas. And, and so they, people vote for change. Wow. That is phenomenal. That is wonderful. Good work, Canada. <laughs> it's, it seems to have worked. Um, people have a fear of course, that it may not always work, but it's worked so far. So, and that's good. Yeah. So don't vote for people who've been in office for 30, 40 years. Get those guys out of there. I'm saying yeah. guys, but no, I know a few women who've been on there too long too. So that's really good information. And Martin, we're almost out of time, but you know, I want to tell everybody about your book, Receiving the Gift We Give. Oh, thank you. This is a tremendous book. And you know, really to all the listeners out there, if you want to read a great book, you want to totally understand the power of the sovereign self. Uh, you got to get this book. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, and it is available on receivingthegiftwegive.com. Uh, it can be bought on there or, or ordered through Kindle or Kobo or what would you wish. So, well, thank you very much for mentioning That's okay. I'm also going to put that link onto um, my information about the show so that people can just go to that link and click on there and get it. Really, you will feel inspired. You will feel powerful. And actually, if you listen to Martin's show, Sovereign Self, with Ron Mayer and Karen Murphy – who are great co-hosts. But if you listen to that show and you don't feel inspired, then something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Thank you. Uh, you're a gracious host. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, I really, I think everybody needs to hear your show and um, it just, it feels good and it feels love and it's all heart and I just love it. It's one of my favorite shows. So, so <laughs> go you. there and listen to that. And Martin, any last words for all of our listeners out there? The only thing I can say is always come from your center of love. And as soon as you feel you are being unloving in any way, look at it and move away. Beautiful. Thank you, Martin Campbell. I so appreciate you. Thank you, Jules. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. 
If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.